on, on this side of the sunrise or sunset or whatever. I don't know. Mark looks like he's uh, had to go to an entirely different room than usual because it's the morning. He's in an entirely different city. I'm actually in an entirely different city. Yeah, it's so early <laughs> in the morning. So there is that. It's like running away from the sunrise like he's a vampire or something. Yeah, well, there's yeah, there's definitely that. But yeah, I, I basically had to wake up in a different city today to do the podcast. Uh, <laughs> wait, so. wait, where? what movie is it where they run away from the sunrise? That was The Mummy 2, where it like <laughs> just... Based on science, that just doesn't make any sense. But the uh, Brendan Fraser's carrying his kid into the pyramid so that the sunlight doesn't touch him. He doesn't turn into a demon or whatever. I don't remember that movie very well, except for that scene. I saw that movie on like on the TV, like on the guide, and I was like, I'm not watching that. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you, you know, Rachel My Weiss dad is still loves those movies. I don't. I know love why. the first one. The first one is so much fun. First one's great, but uh, and Rachel Weiss. I know you're gonna say Rachel Weiss. I completely Rachel agree. Weiss, yeah. yeah. Actually, no. I don't know why you're saying Rachel Weiss because the reason why I'm saying Rachel Weiss and the reason you're saying Rachel Weiss separate reasons. Yeah. But, <laughs> I don't know. You, if you, I don't know if you saw the favorite or not, but I agree with your reasons. Also, I'm just saying. But. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Rachel Weiss had pretty solid big dick energy in the favorite, so I don't know. She, she did. That was pretty good. I actually <laughs> did sit down and watch that. Finally, it was pretty good. So. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Is that our preamble? (laughs) Sure, I think so. Uh, So with that, (laughs) welcome back, uh, dear listeners, to Dance Robot Dance. This is our 142nd episode in which we will be discussing something that is tangentially related to something we talked about a few weeks ago. But before that, I'm Tim. I'm going to be hosting this week. And with me, I've got Mark. How's it going, guys? And Paul from South Korea. Good evening. Uh, yeah, it is good evening for you this time, isn't it, Paul? We're flipped. <laughs> it's 10 p.m. here, as opposed to my usual early morning tag-in. It's me. I, I was away for the weekend in Busan, or, you know, it's getting away. So we decided to s- flip the script a little bit, and I'm doing the nighttime, and they're doing the morning. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, except the, di- the difference being Mark and I are not morning people in the least so <laughs> no we're making the sacrifice for you listeners to make sure you get an episode this week we woke up early on sunday morning we did yeah <laughs> and we are apparently looking worse for wear for it too so <laughs> the webcams are on i don't know why <laughs> yeah but, but yeah so let's start out by getting out into uh nerdy news for the week a lot of stuff coming out of star wars celebration in chicago i've actually got a couple of friends there that have been sort of keeping me abreast of stuff via facebook posts and stuff like that but the biggest one obviously was that the first trailer for star wars episode 9 dropped uh introduced by ian mcdarmid uh, who played Emperor palpatine in the original trilogy uh and in the prequel trilogy uh and the episode nine now has a title, The Rise of Skywalker. So what did you guys think about this trailer? It made me extremely excited. I am super pumped. Every shot in the trailer amped me up. And that last two seconds of the trailer absolutely destroyed me. I was just like, I was blown away. It was awesome. Yeah. I was I'm yeah. super excited. <laughs> that, okay. Spoilers for any of our listeners. I know that there are some people that just avoid trailers entirely on the Star Wars movies. So skip a couple minutes or something like that. But yeah, that Palpatine laugh was pretty amazing. And I, the only way, I, I'm assuming it's either going to be like as a force ghost or as like, I mean, I, I know in the expanded universe, there was a clone of Palpatine kicking around for a while so it's gotta i figure it's gotta be one of those two things Mm -hmm. yeah it would be weird to introduce that in the last film 
like it would be yeah. that would be a little bit too too big of a reveal too late in the game for considering they're wrapping up this part of the saga i feel yeah. like if they were going to be doing that reveal they should have revealed it at the end of the last movie if it was going to be palpatine clone palpatine force ghost yes i can see that but like i don't know yeah i mean i guess we never really saw him like die when he plunged down that like endless pit or whatever so maybe something caught him down at the bottom but or you know he stopped himself with force lightning or whatever or yeah. i don't know and that that star did blow up right after he fell <laughs> this is true this is true so like i mean i guess he could have survived but jesus there's really stretching credulity with that one uh <laughs> If there's no body in sci-fi fantasy, there's hey, always a possibility. I'm right there. I'm right, I'm with you. I just, you know what, man? He got tossed down a shaft, and then fucking like the Death Star blew up with him in it. All right. Yeah. I mean, they're magic, so I guess they can do whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Space wizards. It's fine. It's, yeah. yeah, basically, right? So <laughs> literally, a wizard did it. Yeah, I was super pumped by the trailer too. Like that fucking backflip that Ray does over uh, Kylo's like speeder. Yeah. Tie fighter, that was fucking epic. I cannot that wait was... to see that fight. Yeah, I can't wait either. And just the, that one moment got me a little bit choked up when Leia was hugging Ray, uh, yeah. and Ray started crying. I was just like, Carrie. <laughs> and it was it was Leia's theme that was playing in the back, and yeah, <laughs> oh, that, 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 that got me too. That's that's gonna hurt. There's gonna be a fucking theater theaters full of blubbering Star Wars fans this December. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was a damn good trailer. Uh, it's got me really excited for this Christmas for sure. Yeah, me too, Mark. I'm. I, I'll go see it. I'm good. Just baseline. I'm, like I don't yeah, like Star think, Wars. Though. Honestly, I think I'm just kind of like after all the like contra. Like I'm just done with Star Wars right now. I think might be my problem. Like I'm just kind of like I'm over it. Like I don't just get put the movie in front of me and let me watch the movie. I don't want to talk about it for the next six months because I'm like. Yeah fuck these movies like i'm kind of over it now so <laughs> yeah and i think that the, there have has been a lot of talk lately bob Iger and kathleen kennedy have said that basically they're going to be slowing down on star wars movies for a bit to sort of bring back that feeling that this is something special and not something that you're going to get really often so yeah gonna- i think that's for the best i think if they if disney can divide it up where like star wars is their special thing where like every five years you get like something star wars happens big every five years and then like marvel's just their constant like we're doing three movies a year motherfuckers we're getting a spider-man every year go 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 like that's how i would divvy it up because i think star wars yeah like as soon as you start to lose that like the magic or the mystique which it kind of is starting to lose for me that you're you lose the whole franchise at that point mm-hmm. like, yeah to me because if the mystique's gone fuck it who cares and like i'm starting to lose the mystique a little bit and i'm a very casual star wars guy so well, the, I think the problem with what how they've approached Star Wars, in my mind, is that, like, the, the movies that they released were all about, like, they were tangential to the original trilogy. And so you're, it was just kind of overload with Rogue One and Solo, just kind of all feeding into the, the same mythos. Same instead of exploring line, Same storyline. Instead of exploring uh, the extended universe like The Mandalorian is going to do, which I'm still excited for. Like... Yeah. One of the reasons yeah. I'm going to be 
getting Disney Plus is for The Mandalorian. So, Which is like, going to be available day one. That was another thing that was announced at, at Star Wars Celebration. It's going to be on day one of the service, which is like November 20th, I think. Yeah. Uh, Mandalorian will be there. Episode one of The Mandalorian. From what yeah. I, I think I saw that it was just, it wasn't going to be a bingeable series. They're still going to release it. Yeah, a week at a time. Week by week. Sorry, November 12th, not November 20th. Yeah. So. Which also nebulously worded, we may be able to get it in Canada day one, too. Or at least I may be able to. So, I don't know. They, they keep saying North American release, and I'm like, oh, just put it all out at once. Yeah. DC, yeah. fuckers. Give me my comic books, <laughs> goddamn. Anyway. And they also have announced that the, the cost of Disney+, Plus, which is going to be $6.99 or an annual subscription of $69.99. So, going to be much cheaper than Netflix, too. Yeah. I can't imagine they didn't do that intentionally to undercut yeah. their competition so that's you know good old disney yep indeed the other major announcement so far out of star wars celebration was the new ea uh, star wars game star wars jedi fallen order starring cameron monaghan who plays the joker on gotham so looks like uh, first player no like online player anything like that just straight up first player fuck around as a jedi he's Shortly after Order 66 is executed, he's a Padawan that sort of a later stage Padawan and is then having to sort of like hide from the uh, Empire. And yeah, it looks interesting. But the trailer for me was it was all cinematics. There was no gameplay in it whatsoever. So yeah. who the fuck knows how this thing's actually going to play. But right. the concept is intriguing. Well, there's been a lot of controversy around like the EA oh, yeah. handling of the Star Wars franchise, and like we've talked about it a little bit. This feels like a nice little reset button push for them on that specifically because like they had a lot of shit that was going wrong. This game is probably super early now. I don't know how quickly EA will rush it out, depending on yeah. like how much money they want to dump into it and get this like game out. But I um, mean, I would imagine it's really fucking early days for this game because they canceled like every game they were working on at the end of last year i believe so this has got to be like within a, new, a year of development yeah so. was there a release date on the trailer uh yeah i think there was i think it was i think it was oh, before the end of the year oh for this year Ooh. i think it's also like november interesting we'll have to see how that turns out that's a that's a rush job it sounds like yeah november yeah. 15th i mean like th this is the star wars game that a lot of people have wanted for a long time like conceptually yeah. not like it like we'll see how the ac actual execution is so i, I am kind of excited for it but I just don't, I don't know, EA is not a company that I have a lot of faith in when it comes to, like, I don't know why it's taken so long for this game, this concept to be the game that we are getting from Star the Star Wars franchise, considering, you know, EA's had this this license for how long now? Like, oh, a couple, it's been, it's been like 10 years now, I think they've had it, because it's two Battlefronts they've done since they've had it. They haven't done anything else with it, as far as I remember. Mm -hmm. um, except for probably some like pinball bullshit in the interim. I don't know. Like, I, I find it very fascinating that they can't get the Star Wars video game franchise back on its feet. Because all throughout the prequel years, all I remember is the Star Wars fan base being like, yeah, these movies suck, but like we're getting a good game a year from LucasArts, like out of the Star Wars franchise. Because they were getting like Bounty Hunter and TIE Fighter and Force, like, what is it? Force, Force Awakens? Force Unleashed. No, For Force Unleashed, yeah. Like those kinds of games were coming out in the 2000s and like people were going nuts for them. And now it's like they got the movies back, kind of, and oh shit, they can't get the games going. And it's <laughs> yeah, just figure them both out. Like, come on. Although, admittedly, I would rather have Star Wars working as a video game franchise right now than a movie franchise, but that's just me. So I think there's a lot of cool stuff you could do in video games in the Star Wars universe. 
Yeah, I think that yeah, because Knights of the Old Republic and so, like that was a, always a really oh, good, man. fun, interactive way to explore the extended universe as well as mm. the video games. Even uh, what was it, Shadows of the Empire back in the yeah. Nintendo sixty four days? That was not a great game, but it was an intriguing game. And what well, is like a lot of lore? Like you could expand on the lore of stuff in the video games because it lets you kind of go and be like, I think in the movies everybody gets like, oh, it has to be Empire versus Skywalker's kind of thing, mm. which I hope they get away from now. But in the video games, they're always like, well, we can't use the Skywalker, so we just got to make a whole bunch of shit up. So here we go. Let's go crazy. And it usually works out a little bit better because Star Wars works out nicely if you just kind of like, you have a corner of the universe. You can't touch any of the real toys, but go fucking nuts and make it Star Wars. Yeah, like it usually works out. The whole Calcutarn stuff and the Dark Forces games and everything. That was like, I mean, those are incredibly dated games at this point, but those storylines were cool. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, so that, that would. The Star Wars stuff, like video games, get it working, guys. Come on, this is embarrassing. Embarrassing. (laughs) In other Disney Plus news, there's another series. Actually, there's a couple more series. that One one that seems to be pretty much announced, and the other one which is sort of rumored. But there's going to be apparently a Hawkeye series uh, that is going to be... That is going to have Jeremy Renner in it. But Kate Bishop is apparently who it's going to be centered around. So a younger uh, Hawkeye who... uh, basically takes over the mantle when Clint Barton becomes Ronan. So this is like Matt Fraction. Matt Fraction run? Yeah, Matt Fraction run. If they do it right, this, like, yeah, the Kate Bishop character, like, that transition between Hawkeye kind of, like, becoming senior Avenger guy and her having taken over the name is the a big part of that Fraction run. And it would be it'd be really entertaining to watch Jeremy Renner bomb around as idiot Jed Hawkeye, like, the Matt Fraction Hawkeye is written. So it is such a good run. It is so oh, it much is. fun. If you get a chance so to good. read it, oh! And if that's what they're doing, I am so on board for that because it's. Hey, man, be, that would be the perfect way to do that TV show. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's just like you don't have to. It doesn't have to cost a ton of money. It's just spy bullshit and him being an idiot. Like that's it's such a good concept for a TV show for them. Yeah. To do, so. Yeah, it's not like we've just had eight seasons of another Archer TV show. No, but like. <laughs> This is going to be a comedy. That one became a comedy unintentionally. So. <laughs> it started to parody itself. <laughs> Very much so. And then the other series, this one I just saw yesterday, which is like really early rumor, but there's apparently also a rumored Hulk and She-Hulk series that Mark Ruffalo would also feature in. <laughs> I just want sensational She-Hulk. I just want her to have yeah. her crazy lawyer show. I want Ally McBeal She-Hulk. <laughs> Superheroes. Yeah, Superheroes. Exactly. That's what I want. Yeah. And I don't want if Bruce. I don't want Bruce in. I don't care. Get him out. Just <laughs> no, give me a cameo. Give me a good... you, just, you just do the cameo. Yeah, then, yeah. Like, I think set up her show. Like I don't think you need to do anything else. I think it works yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Again, it's like they have all these licenses that work great as like kind of TV shows that are going to be. Like, maybe there for six episodes, maybe there for, like, a couple years kind of thing. Like, you could totally do She-Hulk, like, once a year for six episodes and just, like, get in, get out, get in, get out kind of thing. Like, yeah. don't overstay your welcome. Well, they can do what, um, what's that one show? Oh, man. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, a uh, it's, John Lithgow was in it, and they, every third, year third they Rock do one, the one big, no, <laughs> it's a, it's a show where there's a big city lawyer who goes and deals with one big case in a small town. And the entire season is one court that whole case. case? Huh. I don't do not remember that. It's, it's still, I think it's still running. I don't remember what it's called. But it's really funny. I'll look it up in a second. But the perfect format for me for She Hulk would be either really super episodic with some a, a crazy court case per episode, like Alan Feel, or like one court case as like the whole overarching thing, but just balls to the wall bananas, crazy superhero shit happening in the background. Okay. Yeah, cool. 
Yeah. How many shows is that that they have now? Like, did we have a count on that on the Disney Plus? WandaVision, yeah. Winter Soldier, and Falcon, yeah. Uh, Hawkeye, Loki, and now Hulk She Hulk. That would be five. Yeah. Okay. Loki was the one I was forgetting. I'm like, which one am I forgetting? There's like one of the first ones they announced, and I'm completely forgetting it. It was the Loki one. That's... Yeah. So at least five. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I, and, and as long as they like scatter them, I think it'll be okay. People won't get like burnout on it. So. No, I mean they've just killed they they killed all of their streaming show franchises. Well, like I said, there's also talk about potentially bringing those back as well, but I have a feeling they'll take a break from those at least while they give these new ones yeah. some room to breathe. Yeah, so you means you're getting five new Netflix shows basically from Marvel. Mm-hmm. I just said it's not the same Netflix shows that we're you know we were getting, and it's not at least the one that we wanted to get more of specifically. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. In other Disney news, we got our first trailer for the live action, quote unquote, live action CGI, basically a Lion King movie, which looks pretty as fuck. And I mean, it's not like one of the live action, like princess movies where I feel like it's sort of just not needed. So this one I'm actually sort of interested in because I did see Jungle Book and I like the Jon Favreau Jungle Book and I fucking like Jon Favreau overall. So this is Favreau again, right? Yeah. Like I noticed I saw the trailer when uh, I went and saw this movie uh, that we're talking about today. Oh, okay. Both times I saw it, it was the trailer was on there. Um, it looks really good. Like in terms of they, it's funny because they played Aladdin back to back with this trailer and like Aladdin still looks cheap. And this trailer, I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, they put a lot of fucking money into that trailer. Like, there's a lot of money in that Lion King trailer. But I guess if you've got, you know, that cast and that movie you're remaking, it's probably a good idea to put as much money and fucking whatever into it as you can. Cause yeah, absolutely. Lion King's very much like, I don't know, that always feels like the one out of those Renaissance movies that everybody just like, that's the one everybody really clings to is Lion King. Well, it's not a princess so. movie, right? So, like, you yeah. know, boys and girls love this movie kind of thing, you know say what you will about like gender paradigms or whatever but generally speaking boys don't really like the princess movies yeah yeah weirdly enough the originally lion king was not like the they were working on lion king pocahontas at the same time and lion king was the one that the animators didn't want to work on because it was like the low budget low prestige one compared to pocahontas i can also tell you the other reason why they didn't want to work on it drawing animals sucks (laughs) like if you're an illustrator you train to draw people all the time and then they're like hey guess what you're gonna draw a lion for three years you're like well shit now i gotta learn how to draw a lion yeah. and that that's that's it's difficult to transition from like drawing like a human body to drawing mm-hmm. like a cat body all the time because your muscles all work differently and blah 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 yeah yeah so yeah no, I, I can see if you're an animator like somebody's like hey guess what you're on antelope duty for the next two years you're like fuck me fuck. <laughs> fuck. you're in hyena duty <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like have fun drawing those dogs yeah you are fucked now. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah i'm intrigued by the movie but like i kind of like the draw of like the shifting things from animation to live action and like the the way that this is going from 2d animation to 3d animation like fully and going like it's photorealistic 3d animation so it is different but like i don't know i like the lion king's original animation style like big bold bright colors like in the during snack time i show my kids i just can't wait to the king all the time because it's just such a fun bold yeah flurry of shit and i don't like i don't know how they're they could match that i don't know but from the trailer everything looked kind of dark and muted and subdued and i wanted a little bit more brighter and to it a little bit brighter a little bit something but i withhold reservation until i inevitably see it in theaters because i 
most certainly will. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of things that I'm no longer sure that I'm going to see in a theater, Hellboy came out and Yeesh is not doing well. Yeah, the reviews have been real bad Re- for that. Reviews movie. are real bad. Box office not good. I mean, I I liked the first couple of Hellboy movies, so I wanted this to be good, but yeah. Sounds like it's kind of a fucking mess. I might, uh, I'll probably run out and see it this week. I'm a big Hellboy fan. Like, I feel like it's my my duty to you listeners and to myself as a Hellboy fan to just get out there and see this movie. But from everything that I've seen, and I've had a couple people, like friends that are I know are Hellboy fans that have seen it, they're like, fuck, wasted opportunity. Yeah. We should have had that third movie. And I was like, well, that's, yeah, that's basically what I expected to hear from everybody. So. That's too bad because I like David Harbour and like the, the like an R-rated Hellboy appeals to me, but yeah. it sounds like they really fucking botched the landing on this one. So and bad. like visually, like the trailers, it looked like they got the design of the movie down. It just yeah. sounds like it just really fucking failed on the writing. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is too. That's really too bad because a lot of that, like that character, really hinges on getting those plots like kind of nailed down, and they're not fucking super complicated stories you need to be telling no. with Hellboy. It's like oh evil monster shows up starts causing calamity hellboy punches it real fucking hard like yeah, with this red right hand exactly right like it's not like they're not complicated fucking stories they're just supposed to be fun like paranormal stories and yeah if you overthink yeah. it you can fuck it up if you underthink it you could fuck it up there's like a real middle ground of thinking you got to hit with hellboy and yeah i don't know i guess they just didn't when i was in busan at last night in my hotel room they were playing the golden army yeah those have been everywhere. The original two have been like all over Netflix, all over Amazon. Like they're everywhere right now, which is not a good look when you're like dumping a new movie that is a reboot of those old ones. Yeah. Because you're just reminding everybody like, hey, this new one comes out, doesn't have Ron Perlman being all fucking awesome or <laughs> or Del Toro or directing. Del Toro's any of that charm of like Del Toro's directing or any of like who else is in that movie? Like who are the who plays? Uh, uh, it was Doug Jones, right? Who played him. But then like, what's his name's voice? Niles's voice oh, in yeah, the original yeah. movie, and they David Hyde Pierce. The yeah, David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, but he did the voice in the first one, but like he didn't do the voice in the second one. It was Doug Jones who did the voice in the second time or something like that. Yeah, he, Doug Jones is on Star Trek now, he playing Saru, which is interesting because those characters are very similar looking. Man, this this week's fucking Discovery episode was intense. I cannot. We need to talk about that soon. Well, uh, we have one more episode, I think, and then we're like. That, that season's over. Yeah. Because next week. Yeah. And we're finally starting to see hints of like how they're reconciling timeline shit and that kind of thing. And did you watch this week's episode? Yeah. How good did the fucking Enterprise look? It looked real good. <laughs> the Enterprise looked real fucking nice this week. I was real happy. I was like, as soon as walking around the halls and shit, I was like, oh man, yeah. give me this show. Just give me this fucking show now, you ass. And you could tell they now. were doing it like just to feature it, like just to, you know, get all the fucking like original series fans salivating. Oh, I was dying. I was just dying <laughs> when they started showing the bridge and shit. I was like, oh, yeah. God, give me this fucking show. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah, and Pike even has like a, a moment where he's like, oh, it's, you know, bridge is looking good and shit like that. And Yeah. 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 Ship looks yeah. good. Yeah. I love those, those uniforms look off. Anyway, we'll have our discovery episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on from Hellboy. We'll have to see whether we think that that's warrant, warrants covering or not, or whether we give it the venom treatment. When I get back to Toronto this week, I'll uh, I'll go see it and I'll let you guys know because I'll probably go like tomorrow or uh, Tuesday or something like that to add a matinee Fair enough. off and see what it is. But Fair enough. Whew. Yeah. I'll let you know. <laughs> In further comic book live action news, 
This one I thought was interesting. So uh, I know Mark and I both watched the first season of Titans. In season two, they're actually going to have a Bruce Wayne, and it is going to be Ian Glenn, who played, or is still playing, new season of Game of Thrones starts tonight. Uh, Jorah Mormont from Game of Thrones is playing like sort of an old, wizened Bruce Wayne in Titan season two. And I think that could work. So is he going to be like retired then? Um, or, or at least like, a, an, I think just an older, like, like an older. grizzled, grizzled okay. uh, Batman kind of thing. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because like the Batman they had at the end of season one, like even though it was the dream one, you got to assume that's relatively like in line with what's actually there kind of thing. It's, it is Dick's imagination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it'd be cool to have them sort of like come to some sort of reconciliation and maybe have Bruce play like a mentoring role with the Titans. Something like that could be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Any Batman I can get, I will take, (laughs) especially if it's good Batman, since they just won't make me a movie for whatever fucking reason. So yeah, Two quick pieces of uh, AMC news. Apparently there is a, another Walking Dead spinoff that is planned uh, that will have two women as first generation zombie slayers. So I presume that means that these are women who have come of age post zombie apocalypse kind of thing. That this is the only world that they know. I mean, I, I have been watching Fear the Walking Dead. It picked up. The first season was not great, but it definitely picked up after that. So I and I'm. I'm a zombie guy, so I will probably watch this. Apparently, it's not going to come out until like next year, though. You're still watching the original, too, right? Like that's still. I'm behind on it. Actually, I just started. It was one of those shows that Alicia and I uh, used to watch together, but she sort of lost interest in it. So finally, I just yeah. said, "Fuck it, I'm just going to watch it without you." In part because <laughs> my sister and her husband that are coming down to visit this week are also Walking Dead fans, and they want to go down to Sonoya and like do the studio tour and shit like that. And I figured I should probably be caught up if we're going to go do that, because I'm sure there's probably going to be shit on the tour that's going to, like, spoil. Like, I know something happens to Carl and shit like that. And so, yeah, yeah, I I figured I'd need to try and get caught up before then. So I'm watching through season eight right now. Eight seasons. That's insane. But season eight is, like, starts with, like, hardcore, the survivors versus the saviors kind of thing versus Negan. Oh, yeah. So. It yeah, jumps right, right into the middle of that that big feud and battle and war, basically. It's basically the all-at-war storyline that they're in right yeah. now. Nice. So. I mean, I don't know if you... Do you really need a, three, like a third fucking Walking Dead? <laughs> Man, like, they must be doing... Well, how many spinoffs are there of the comics? There's been a bunch of fucking spinoffs of The Walking Dead. Uh, Have there been a ton of spinoff comics? I don't know. Like, I only read the main series, so I don't really know about other... Like, I know they did the Negan spinoff, but that was, like, a limited run thing. Yeah. I read that. But other than that, I can't remember any whole... Like, uh, is there a Fear of the Walking Dead show or something like that or comic, comic? uh no that one i think is straight up that's just a TV straight show, up tv right? show yeah gonna see on there yeah i don't know if there are any spinoffs <laughs> i didn't think there was any comic spinoffs that's just the, but whatever it's not a big deal yeah but like three tv spinoffs especially for a, a franchise that it felt like was kind of winding down is interesting yeah um, yeah or but. for some people who thought that the franchise was never really that great to begin with um, at least on TV, um, I, I yeah. got I got through season one, and I was like, "Nope, this isn't for me." It's just like <laughs> I was just really bored most of the time. So yeah, yeah, it still apparently like qualifies as the most successful was a cable show of all time or something like that. So yeah. that makes sense. Still like, clearly has a massive audience. So even if it's not for everybody, there's still people mm-hmm. here out there that are looking for more of it. So yeah. Good for them. That's all. I mean, good for and honestly, good for Kirkman. Oh yeah. Like I like Robert Kirkman a lot, and like if he's rich and doing well, good for yeah. him. Um, it just means that eventually we will get all this invincible shit that I want because <laughs> yeah, making me wait. Maybe one day. 
Walking Dead becoming super big was horrible for me as an Invincible fan. Just, <laughs> yeah, what all of Seriously. this like because it made me have to wait for all these like adaptations of that book because Walking Dead just became yeah enormous so quickly. Like like God, I would love to see a Battle Pulp animated series, but like that's just not like just not going to happen with Walking Dead being this famous. Yeah. yeah. So uh, in other AMC news, you know stuff that is also based on comic books. Uh, Preacher is going to be ending after its next season, which is its fourth and will be its final season. So that one I can't see. I did not see coming. I've liked it, but I can see that this would be a show with a very small audience. Yeah, I'm disappointed because like, I feel like this is kind of killing that show before they get to do all the stuff in the comic that would be cool to see on TV. Yeah, especially after having dawdled for two years, like the first two years. they I was so frustrated with this show because they just dawdled through a bunch of shit for the first two years. Yeah. And like didn't touch a bunch of the cool stuff in the comic that they could have done. And now they're canceling it before they get to any of the good shit. And I'm like, fuck. All right. <laughs> Maybe that just means they'll Fine. pack a crazy amount of like the insane shit into the fourth season. I hope that would be awesome if like the fourth season was just like balls over <laughs> the last 30 issues of fucking pre- the preacher comic and like all this insanity happened in those last 10 episodes or whatever. I sincerely doubt it, but that would be great. Cause at least then you could watch maybe three episodes of the first three seasons of that and then just watch the fourth season and get all your preacher fix in. yeah but i don't yeah. know but again at least i'm not sure how much planning they will have done for the fourth season because the uh it comes out in august so it seems like they've got to be at least filming it already soon they'd be editing it if it comes out in august like it's got to be shot yeah so so it might not, might not be one of those situations where they sort of get to end it you know with a nice succinct ending if they've already filmed the whole season but we'll see Oh, that's going to suck if, uh, if it ends if on a cliffhanger have... or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. I like that cast, man. That would have been like, they could have done a really good job adapting that if they had just done, like, adapted it as opposed to fiddle faddling all over the fucking place for three or four years or whatever they did. Yeah. So. Yeah. The next piece of news neither of you guys watch American Horror Story, do you? Uh, not anymore. I've seen no? some seasons, but yeah. Okay. They just announced what the season nine theme is going to be. It's apparently going to be American Horror Story 1984. So it's going to be like set in the 1980s and looks like it's going to be like a tribute to like 80s slasher movies, which that's right up my fucking alley. So I'm all for that. I feel like we're getting a lot of this kind of stuff. But okay. uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Stranger Things, but th- but this could take definitely a darker turn than Stranger Things. True. So. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like Stranger Things, but we got it and Pet Cemetery just came out, like all these eighties horror movies just like coming. Back. I feel like this is Ryan Murphy trying to course correct after the Scream Queens fiasco that was that show. Oh, yeah. For do you remember? Does anyone remember that except for gay people? Apparently not. <laughs> I didn't the watch it. I, I yeah, Lee's watched it, but uh, that's about as much exposure as I got to. Yeah, so. I don't know. Like of all of the things that they're finally touching on, I'm glad they're going there because I feel like that could probably be a more fun season than like what was it? the last couple i think the last, last one, I one watched was apocalypse apocalypse and then before that was cult the no last... oh the last was the last that was the last one you watched the last one i watched was roanoke like i didn't oh, okay. have, yeah i haven't seen any of them since then so cult was fucking weird and i didn't like it yeah which one was the election of like the super that was cult. And, like yeah was that cult yeah i watched chunks of that one and was just like this is like no yeah it's almost too close to reality it's not even entertaining to watch so like i'm just gonna move on from here yeah so. it was just 
Yeah, not great. Yeah. And then the last thing that I had was kind of outside our usual wheelhouse, but I thought it was cool enough that it deserved to mention. And it was all over the fucking internet this week was uh, the first ever image, quote unquote image. It's more you know from radio signals and stuff like that of a black hole was released. And that I thought was pretty fucking cool. And the memes from it have just been all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, uh, I've gotten everything from like Soundgarden shit to like lost guitar picks to Rick and Morty to, to like all kinds yeah, of Lord of the Rings saying it's Sauron and yeah. Sauron, ki- yeah. uh, Kitty Eyes and stuff like that. And yeah, the Soundgarden fan base has started a petition to have it named after Chris Cornell because Black it looks Sun. like the cover of Super Unknown. Yeah. yeah and Black Hole Sun, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So I'm all for it. The Cornell Black Hole. I'm, I'm in. So good times. Uh, I stand the petition. <laughs> yeah. So. And then there's the female scientist, Katie Bowman, or Dr. Katie Bowman, I should say, who was sort of led the team, but the internet did its fucking thing and tried to shit all over her discovery. Well, not her discovery, but, you know, trying to be like, she didn't do any of the work. This guy wrote like, you know, 80% of the quote code and shit like that. And fucking just guys that could not stand <laughs> that a woman led the effort to, you know, she acknowledged it was a team effort, yeah. but she was like sort of the team leader on it. And so, yeah, she's the one that's gonna be the face of it and fuck and one of the white guys that they tried to attribute all the work to was a gay guy and was all like actually no and fuck you uh, on twitter yeah. was basically like um yeah. i stand by her especially since like uh, as a minority myself like she's getting shit on and she deserves the credit and fuck you and so they pivoted to another person on the team another to, guy. to yeah. give credit to so it's just like just fuck just fucking just be like die come on yeah, basically just, and I'm like, just, just fuck just die the the gene pool is polluted enough yeah you need to excise yourself fucking from it well, it's okay because these are these are all incels and so they're not going to be breeding anyways <laughs> yeah that's fuck thank god <laughs> unless they finally vote to get those government mandated girlfriends that they're all uh, aiming for because <laughs> like wait is that a thing they really want that they're like men deserve these things because government <laughs> mandated that, girlfriends that, that goes that, along with that goes good. along with universal minimum wage it's, is universal minimum pussy <laughs> oh, God. The, they're just the worst <laughs> in humans in existence basically so there you go it's fine oh, i cannot wait for this world to end like just <laughs> in flames screaming yeah <laughs> wow so now that we've thoroughly fucking poisoned your ears with that, listeners, do you guys have anything else to add in terms of news? Oh, just fucking <laughs> when the apocalypse comes, I'll be there. Fucking happy. Just happy. Uh, happy. I have nothing else to add except, you know, Game of Thrones is starting today. Yay! Game of Thrones. Oh my God. That's all this week is, is just fucking Game of yeah. I'm like, Discovery's ending. Let's get into Game of Thrones, boys. Yep. Let's do this. Yeah, thing. I'm going to a watch party tonight, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta get home and like, cause I I I, I gotta watch that in 4K, baby. And I don't have a good TV here. Yeah, so. absolutely. Gotta get back to Toronto. Is it. HBO Go is in four is in 4K? We have Crave. Oh, Crave. and uh, it runs it runs 4K okay. there. Yeah, so cool. Hopefully, anyway, we'll see. We'll see what the Xbox One X pulls when I start trying to fucking watch Game of Thrones. Tonight, yeah, exactly. So. Everybody else is streaming at the exact same time and. It'll probably fucking crash. I'll be getting like 720p and just be pissed <laughs> off. Just like annoyed. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's move on to our Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. 
which is our segment where we each go uh, over and review the nerdiest thing we've done in the last week or so. So let's go to Paul first. Well, this week was another Pokemon Go Community Day. This time it was <laughs> Bagon was the Pokemon of choice, which is a dragon type, which finally got me my dragon medal in Pokemon Go. And as I was, I was in Busan this weekend visiting. I was going to say you did this on vacation. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> so what I did was actually I purchased a gotcha, which is like an automatic catching Pokemon mm. Go device that allowed me to socialize and catch Pokemon at the same time. So I, as we were walking through beautiful Busan and the weather was gorgeous and we walked through the parks and stuff, my gotcha was catching the Bagon for me. And I got some shinies and it was good. And it was it while I was there, I actually walked through where they have the Busan International Film Festival, which is like almost as big as TIFF. Basically, it's like the Asian TIFF or TIFF is the North American BIF. Anyway, either way, the theater there is fucking huge. They have this giant outdoor screen. Really, really cool. Check it out if you ever go to Busan. It's amazing. So that was my geek of the week, checking out the Biff theater while automatically catching Pokemon at the same time. Good fun. Okay. (laughs) Mark, how about you? I've had a really nerdy week. I've been in exile all week in St. Catharines, so I haven't had like a ton of stuff to do that wasn't like self-directed stuff to do. So I've been drawing and then like I came home, which means my elderly parents and my mom's going to listen to this and be pissed that I said that. But my elderly parents who are technologically incapable of functioning. Sorry, Karen. Like, hey, can you look at some stuff? You haven't been down in a couple months. So can you look at some stuff? I'm like, yeah, great. So like I was messaging the guys yesterday about me having pulled their surround sound system apart and just like that calamity. And mom needed her iPod replaced. So like I bought that, got it shipped directly to the house by Amazon. And I've been setting that up this week. But like, I think the big thing, I actually went to an, a theater I used to work at this week to see shazam for a second time with my brother-in-law you saw this movie twice i did actually i didn't have anything to do when i got into town on tuesday or wednesday i can't remember what day it was and my brother-in-law was like hey we're going to see shazam you want to come and i was like sure fine fuck it whatever i got nothing better to do i'll go see it so we went to the old theater in welland the old cineplex in welland that i used to i used to do occasional like covering shifts for that theater and whatever this theater has not fucking changed since i worked there it was insane walking into that mall like i walked in the mall malls exactly the same i walk into the theater exactly even the marquee it hasn't changed it's still the same like you have to get up on a ladder and slide the letters in like i used to do in the 90s that shit that sign is still is this like the seaway mall the seaway mall yeah oh man like that theater's still fucking there oh shit so i walk in like the whole lobby is exactly the same as it was in the 90s it looks like the cineplex that i worked in like an older version of that one from the fairview mall Mm -hmm. kind of thing because it was built a couple years earlier but I was wandering around this theater and just like having fucking massive flashbacks because the entire building is exactly the same. The only thing they've done is they've taken all the old shitty seats out and put those awesome, super like deep recliners in. So it's become kind of like a, not like a VIP theater, but like a high end theater because it's got all the recliner seats in it. So I'm like sitting in this theater. I'm like, this is exactly the same theater. It's like the old sloping kind of floored theater that you would have had back in the day. Mm-hmm. And you can clearly see where they ripped out the screens and replaced them with nicer edge to edge screens but didn't do a really nice job of seaming it because you can see where it's all torn out and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, this is awesome. Ghetto well and good times. But yeah, <laughs> being back in one of those theaters after like 15 years was a real fucking trip for me. I've not been in, they, like, I don't think any of those buildings exist anymore for the most part. Like that might be one of the only ones that still does. And walking through there, I was like, oh shit. I spent like 10 years in like 
an identical building to this. <laughs> so that was kind of my geek of the week was like having a weird acid flashback to my <laughs> Cineplex days. Cool. For my part, let's see. I was traveling almost all this past week for work. Again, it was my last week of travel for a little while. I was in Columbus, Ohio. There is a casino just outside Columbus, Ohio that I went to a couple of times. And probably my geek of the week is finding the one Lord of the Rings slot machine in that entire casino and playing it for a while. And Of course you did. Yep. I ended up winning about 80 bucks on it, so that was all right. Nice. And then I also won like 500 bucks playing blackjack, which was my, no, I, I won 400 playing blackjack, 80 bucks playing Lord of the Rings slot machines. So it was well, a good look at uh, you. So being all yeah. smog and fucking <laughs> hoarding your gold all over the place. <laughs> yeah, hoarding hey. my... Hey man, blackjack uh, in my trip to Vegas in the fall is how I paid for my TV and Xbox this year. So yeah, <laughs> I'm all about... Uh, just sit at that blackjack table and grinding through for a couple hours. You yeah, can win exactly. if you just grind. Yeah, so. exactly. You just grind and, and don't play stupid. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you come home with some money and buy yourself a 4K TV, kids. Exactly. Go to Vegas. Play slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's well, not fun, exactly. but you can win. <laughs> yeah. And, and do your research ahead of time on how you're supposed to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, yeah. You got to do some reading first, obviously. Yeah, but, or, if, you know, played blackjack before, but yeah. That's fine. <laughs> i've got a little app on my phone that's just called like blackjack trainer or something like that and yeah. it basically just shows you your two first two cards and then whatever the dealer has and says okay here what are you supposed to do on this are you supposed to hit stand split or double and and then there's tables that will tell you you know if you need to look at them for reference or whatever so it's not that hard once you uh sort of get an intuition for it yeah all right cool well with that we can move on to our Meat of the episode. Magical meat. <laughs> Big cheesy meat. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we are going to be discussing the Shazam movie that came out, I guess, last week now. Shazam, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, a.k.a. The Big Cheese. Hence, big cheesy meat. So just to give our listeners, maybe this is not as well known of a character as some of the other movies that uh, DC has done. So to give a little bit of background on the character itself, I am probably going to still continue to call this character Captain Marvel because that's what I know this character as. That's going to be a hard one for me too, actually, because <laughs> like I've known this character as Captain Marvel for like my whole life. And now that they've switched it to like just calling him Shazam, I'm like... That feels fucking weird to me. I'm yeah, not me too. cool with it. So anyway. Yeah. So it's a character that was introduced by a publisher called Fawcett Comics in the late 30s in 1939, again, as Captain Marvel. And this is fucking like before, I think before Marvel Comics even existed, or at least before they were called yeah. ca- called Marvel Comics anyways. Well, they were timely at the time, which funny, but anyway. <laughs> and then DC ended up buying out Fawcett, Fawcett. Or Fawcett Comics. And so later on in the 70s started publishing captain marvel comics at that point and then there was a whole legal battle at some point where marvel and dc were fighting it out about who who could actually have a character called captain marvel and long story short marvel won and so now they have to call the character shazam instead that's funny because i think some of and somebody's going to correct me on this but i think miracle man was part of that lawsuit too the the new because i think Marvel Man was his original name, mm. and like all of this stuff tied back into like the Captain Marvel naming problem. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that factored into Marvel ending up with the ability to call well at the time Marvel and then eventually Carol Captain Marvel and Herbie the only fucking one because yeah, it was real confusing for a long time when somebody said Captain Marvel and you're like, you mean Marvel or do you mean Shazam or do you mean? <laughs> 
who exactly yeah what are we talking about yeah and so yes he's always been this character that has had sort of this dual persona kind of thing where when he is not powered he is an orphan named billy batson and then when he does have powers he draws from the powers and abilities of god so he has the wisdom of that spell out shazam so the wisdom of solomon the strength of hercules the stamina of atlas the power of zeus the courage of achilles and the speed of mercury so interesting character has had a long and fucking crazy history sort of culminating in this movie so let's get right into it, guys. What were your general feelings on Shazam the movie, Paul? It was fine for a kid's film, but <laughs> I don't know. As I was watching it, I found myself like kind of wishing it was over. <laughs> I was watching it for Zachary Levy or Levi or whatever, because I... We're going to go Levi. Levi. I think that's it. And he's he's a really good actor. and But unfortunately, like he really had to carry the film and that... It was it, it that could only survive for so long, but it was like a it was still a two hour movie, and man, woof, he wasn't in it for that long. So there you go. <laughs> All right, Mark, how about you? I like I didn't hate it, I didn't love it, but like it was I thought it was I thought it was exactly what it needed to be. Like it worked really well for me as a Shazam movie. I don't know that I ever needed a Shazam movie. Is probably where like that line needs to get drawn though, because like I'm like I don't this character doesn't do much for me overall. But like I enjoyed the movie enough that like when I somebody asked me to see it a second time, I wasn't like, oh no. I was like, yeah, okay, I can sit through it again. That's fine. Okay. So that's basically where I'm at with it. Like it was it was good. Like, yeah, Paul's right. I think it's a good it's it was as a kid's movie, like a kid's superhero movie, it was great. Like I would totally put this in front of my niece and nephew, assuming like there's a lot of swearing in this movie that I wasn't expecting to happen. But you know, there you go. <laughs> um, it doesn't bother me. So yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of, I guess, kind of in between both of you guys. Like, I'm, I was just kind of, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's a movie. It accomplished being a movie. Uh, I just found it to be pretty uneven overall. Yeah. I found it had some really great moments, but in between there was just some boring shit that really fucking drug, or like a bit of like janky effects or something like that, where I just got really taken out of it. And I was, and my other sort of high level thought on it is i think for better or for worse this is the closest that the dceu has come yet in tone to an mcu movie and i maybe this is a sign that they shouldn't do that and that they should just you know sort of do their own thing and not try and ape uh, you know what they see working across the aisle because those same tones don't work with all characters and especially when they've already sort of i mean obviously they're trying to shift the tone of this universe but you know you can't do that all at once so yeah yeah i don't know i felt like this one worked they've been trying to ape the marvel style since wonder woman like that's been like we've kind of commented on that every time we watch one of these movies because even aquaman like was fun like a marvel movie kind of is like it had that adventure movie feel to it which but like i don't know this like to me i don't know if a marvel movie applies to this movie it, this just feels like we're making the disney version of a superhero movie and which is interesting because the marvel movies are now the disney version of a superhero movie but like this felt more like the Incredibles to me than yeah. any of the other like DC movies or Marvel movies. Mm. So. Yeah. And in the same yeah. way that a lot of the Marvel movies, like each Marvel movie kind of embodied a particular genre, like Ant-Man's the heist movie and Captain America yeah. is like the spy thriller. Well, Winter Soldier yeah. was anyway. Shazam really is like that kid's adventure film. Yeah. It did kind of remind me of 80s style 
movies like Adventures in Babysitting or or Goonies or something like that. Like it gave me a little bit of that feeling, which I enjoyed. But this movie makes me more excited about a future Justice League movie because I really like the idea of having this Shazam interacting with particularly Wonder Woman and Aquaman considering they're like the only two guaranteed to still be in the mix. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that's fine by me, but yeah, it's just like, so, yeah, that would be, that would be interesting. Cause I, in all my years reading DC, I don't think Captain Marvel has Shazam, whatever the fuck we're going to call him, uh, has ever actually been a member of the justice league. But I mean, you could at least have him come in and like do a team up or something, or you just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Cause he's a society guy historically, right? Like he's, he's never really society. been on a team because he came into the DC family after those teams were already sort of established, at least sort of their classic lineups. Right. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, he has had interactions more with the justice society, particularly in that, like Jeff Johns run where but black Adam was the one that ended up on that team. That's true too. Actually, you know what? You're right. And now I'm, I'm I was just thinking, I'm like, I think it was more black Adam that I remember from that run than anything else. Yeah. It's not and really, we'll, We'll discuss Black Adam later because fucking villains. Uh, <laughs> but before <laughs> yeah. before we get to uh, taking apart this movie, it sounds like we all had some elements to it that we enjoyed. So let's go into that first. For me, I thought that the movie overall had a ton of heart. The whole like family message was sweet, felt genuine, especially you know given kids an an image on a movie screen of a family that's very much not what you would consider like a normal nuclear family kind of thing, but that is still clearly a family and has love in it. And the kids and foster parents overall, I think all had great chemistry with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It did have a really good sense of wonder to it overall. I particularly at the climax of the movie, like I got a a big smile when they all got the power. They all got the Shazam powers. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. It did have some like weird implications that we'll discuss later, but like, I really liked that. It was just like that fun. Remind me of power Rangers, like superhero power fantasy. Like everyone gets their own like color and their own like specialty. Mm -hmm. That was good. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I got goosebumps at that moment and also at that money shot where Billy jumps off the building and calls down the lightning. I was like, okay, like yeah. that's clearly they put a shitload of money into the budget for that shot and yeah. <laughs> left out some budget in other places that it was probably needed. <laughs> yeah. But uh but that one moment in particular was was uh okay, like yeah, I'm here for that at least. What else? The Rock of Eternity, I thought the design of that was done pretty well. I well, we'll get into what I thought of Shazam, that wizard later. Yeah. I thought in general that the third act was pretty strong overall. It just didn't really feel earned with the first two acts getting up to it. And it, like, it did feel a little bit flat. Even though the third act was better, it was still a little bit flabby. Like, I just, I really felt like the pacing of the final battle was, in spite of the fact that I enjoyed myself, like, it it, it just needed to be a little bit faster. And it definitely felt... Snappier. It, Maybe it needed it was paced more for your kids because they like generally you pace things slower for children. I don't know if you guys have ever seen children's programming, but you hold on <laughs> certain things for longer because because they yeah uh, because they can't process yeah, as quickly exactly and, yeah. yeah yeah. So maybe that's part of the reason why. But it was like I was kind of like, come on, let's just get to the point already. But uh, but overall, that was a. It was a fun ending to the movie overall. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
I did think that it had a few a few great jokes that were sort of peppered throughout. Oh, the comedy was another thing that I felt was kind of uneven throughout the movie. There were some places yeah. where it was good. There were some places where it seemed really forced or out of place, and it was just like jarring. But like stuff like there, the training montage was pretty good. Like the the yeah. the Hadouken moment, I like laughed out loud at that and shit. And yeah. so, but. Yeah, so it had it had some good comedy beats. It was just a mixed bag in terms of whether they landed or not. And I guess, you know, again, some might land with kids that might not land with adults. It's definitely yeah. a family movie. Yeah, the one training montage part where he was testing the flame immunity and was a really, <laughs> oh, that was really good though. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's the barrel on oh. fire. It doesn't tell him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that was fun. To test his teleportation skills. I thought, yeah, that was like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, I'm trying to think what I liked a lot. The family, I, I like, I enjoyed the family dynamic for the most part. I thought all the actors were pretty good. I found it was kind of funny because like I enjoyed the lead, not Zachary Levi. We're calling him Levi. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah. But like the the kid who played Billy Batson, younger Billy. Yeah, like I I didn't mind him because usually kid actors, I'm like, oh shit, and especially in a, in a role like that where he's kind of a little scumbag, I'm gonna be I'm real i'm real hard on that kind of role he was pretty good his little buddy the the motormouth one uh yeah freddie freeman he was kind of yeah i needed him to shut up i needed him to shut up (laughs) real bad real bad shut up but like all the other kids i mean the other two boys they didn't really have a lot of personality to them but like the two girls were great yeah mary and uh mary and darla darla fucking stole the show for me yeah especially when they flipped her and it was like megan good as yeah. the like the captain marvel version of her and she's still kind of acting like a kid like that was really well done i thought that was fun zachary Le- fuck i, I always want to see levy but zachary levi i think he yeah paul's right he fucking like was the glue that held this movie together like he very much like hoisted the whole fucking thing on his shoulders because once the movie's so much more watchable once he shows up like that first half an yeah. hour i'm like i'm struggling and then he pops in and they start doing like goofy kid discovering his superpower shit. And I'm like, I'm in. I'm sold. Yeah. Thank you. Finally, you got me. Like, that's where they got me. Everything else before that, I'm like, all right, I understand why they got to do all this setup. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated backstory. They've kind of got, they've painted themselves into. Yeah. We're going to do this. We got to introduce a lot of characters because we got to do like his backstory and his foster family and the magic shit. Like there's at least a half an hour worth of like exposition to do before we get to the point where he can say shazam and turn into the character right Mm -hmm. and they really like take that half an hour but once you get there you're like all right he's awesome and he just kind of brings a lot of life his facial expressions his delivery like it's so horny campy and yet believable at the same time like it was just it's so much fun to watch him on screen when especially when he's like they're really mugging and like they're going for like or like in the the convenience store scene. Yeah. That scene must have taken 500 years to shoot. I would have been losing my mind laughing at some of the stuff <laughs> yeah. they were doing. I'm assuming like especially cuz he's good at like that improv stuff. Yeah. Cuz he used to do was it Chuck he was yeah, on? He yeah. Was on Chuck. He was on Chuck, yeah. right? There's all those all the 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 aside stuff like they would do bloopers and shit on that. He's fucking hysterically funny on his own, so I can only imagine that set was a disaster zone of just like mistakes and bullshit because mm-hmm. especially with him on there doing the early stuff where they're really just kind of vamping. That must have been fun. Yeah. So, so well, while we're talking about Zachary Levi, I, I liked him. I, I found his performance like serviceable. I didn't I wasn't in love with it, but I don't know why I've always had something where he just rubs me the wrong way. I'm not sure what it is. I think it might be that he's like pretty outspoken like Christian and uh, yeah. Yeah, obviously that has some baggage along with it. 
but I'm not sure if that's really what it is. But I think part of it is just that, and this is starting to get into gripes a little bit, that I am not big on the idea of a version of Shazam where he basically just acts like a big kid when he's in his powered up form. Because that, I mean, yes, that's been done in the comics, but they've also done in the comics where sort of the wisdom of Solomon means that he's mature and more knowledgeable as Shazam as he is as a kid. And and he's still obviously conscious that he is a kid in a grown-up's body, but he's just, yeah, more mature. And yeah, that maybe doesn't make for as fun of a family film, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think that's a hard thing to balance, especially when you're trying to make a fun, light family movie, yeah. which they were very clearly trying to do yeah. in this movie. I don't think you could do that, especially because then you got to explain like you're changing his personality, yeah. which is an odd thing to get across to a movie audience. Yeah, exactly. Where, like, doesn't... Suddenly a very different character. Yeah. Like that's, that's really strange, right? Because like, then it's not the same character anymore. You lose that continuity of character, yeah. which is hard. Yeah, and the driving conflict was his inexperience. Like he, him figuring out yeah. his powers as a kid in that body was the like the driving plot device for the entire like second act basically right like yeah yeah that would like yeah. I, I get i get your gripe for sure but like i don't know i it worked that that worked for me as a comic beat yeah and this is just you know for me coming from the point of view of having a lot more history with the character mm-hmm. than you guys do and that most of the audience does yeah. probably so yeah it's funny because like do you do you have a lot of history with the character tim like do you read i mean you read everything so i guess you kind of do yeah by default yeah i mean um i'm just wondering like do you have a ton of reverence for this character not as much i mean the the, the main the biggest my favorite like story that features shazam is kingdom come where he's not okay, even shazam yeah. right he's being controlled by mr mind the whole time yeah but i mean we got to talk about mr mind that was an interesting cameo that was yeah we'll talk about that but yeah so i mean i i do have the run that i want to say jerry ordway did in the like late 80s or early 90s but i don't think i've read it yet so he and he hasn't uh, and i mean i'm reading the current series which if uh, for any of our listeners that did really like this movie the current shazam series which is written by jeff johns and i want to say penciled by dale eaglesham but i can't remember if that's accurate is basically a direct sequel to the shazam movie except it the first issue of it came out a couple months before the movie so no like i wasn't really sure what was going on until i saw the movie and then i was like okay these are all the same kids that are in the comics so obviously these two are related this is basically carrying it on so you've got your, your darla's in there and pedro and mary and the other kid name i can't remember uh <laughs> eugene eugene there's a lot of them yeah. there's a lot of them so it's hard to remember them all yeah and so it basically picks up sort of shortly after where the movie ends so if you're looking for more of this particular marvel family then by all means go and uh, or shazam family or whatever by all means go check out that uh, title it has been pretty good so far that's cool i didn't know that they did that like i knew i assumed that this was kind of based on like i guess this is rebirth we're in right now yeah there hasn't been a marvel series or a shazam series in rebirth so far that i can recall oh um so this is basically his first introduction into the rebirth there was i think maybe in the new 52 there was a uh version okay i just assumed that this was really just like they were just grabbing from the new 52 or like the most recent comic reboot and like pulling that across so i didn't know what the because it didn't feel like the captain marvel i knew from like pre-crisis at all so yeah yeah no there was other stuff there there was like one of those huge like treasury sized shazam books that alex ross did back when he also did like superman and batman and wonder woman one. Oh, it's the only one i don't have yeah so there was the shazam version of that there was a trials of shazam that was a 12 issue maxi series by judd winnick and howard porter in like the mid 2000s 
there was a relaunch with the new 52, but this new series was the first time we got one since Rebirth. So in the last like three or four years or so. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, again, well, you, you mentioned that, or we talked about that Mr. Mind cameo at the end, and I did like that in the Rock of Eternity, that you could see him, his little, Mr. Mind is that little caterpillar creature kind of guy who's actually alien, and saw him in an early shot, just as a panning shot in the Rock of Eternity, and then later on you see that his dome or bottle or whatever has been broken, and then you see him in the end credits, post credit sequence. And yeah, I was real happy about that. I think Mr. Mind's a really interesting villain that has a lot of potential. Honestly, I would have been a lot more impressed if they just used Mr. Mind as the villain in this movie. I think it would have been a bolder choice, a more probably would have been a little trickier to pull off, but I would have been more impressed with them pulling that off than I was with them doing this powered up Savannah. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you would have pulled off Mr. Mind. I mean, so that's a that's a heavy lift for the first movie when you're already asking a lot of an audience probably to be like hey take this caterpillar seriously I it mean, is but Savannah's just such a meh like fucking boilerplate yeah. villain right i feel like they did that on purpose because they couldn't i mean i mean obviously contractual reasons kind of mitigate black adam showing up which would have been I, I, yeah i would have liked to see black adam too well that's what i mean like the, you're going to introduce that character like black adam feels like he should be there early on or he should be like i can kind of see you arguing both ways where you're like yes he should be there and be the first villain he faces or no he shouldn't be because he's been doing it for too long and this kid's gonna get fucking obliterated by somebody who's had yeah. that power for five thousand years or whatever so yeah maybe make him wait i mean understandably now we're being made to wait because we're gonna get to see hopefully see Dwayne be black adam in a sequel at some point but. sequel which is already in the works apparently yeah there's that so hopefully that finally yeah. happens now but we'll see it's gonna be interesting how they're gonna tone that so that they match up yeah. at some point because they could go real dark with a black adam movie and this movie is not that so like bringing a real dark like i don't know how the, it's gonna be weird how they match up the tones of these movies because this could be you could see the black adam movie being like batman be superman yeah. dark and then like how do you bring that character across well, yeah it's tricky so. yeah it's true i don't know but yeah i, I would have much preferred mr mind or black adam as the villain in this movie to savannah just didn't really i mean mark strong's a great actor but i he didn't really do a whole hell of a lot for me as savannah he's just that guy though too like where he's he just kind of shows up as the villain in like i'm trying to think what's that fucking robert rodriguez series like spy kids or whatever like he feels like somebody who would have show up as a bad guy in yeah spy kids. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that like it like i don't buy him as a super villain that like a marvel or dc superhero is gonna have to take on because he's like he looks like an office yeah. dweeb and i'm like great batman backheads him, and he goes flying off the fucking yeah like whatever wherever they're fighting and that's the last time you see him yeah because he's just and even like it was just a weird take on the character because in the comics i mean he's gone back and forth between being like a full-grown man and also but traditionally he was like this tiny little like mad scientist type guy like bald thick glasses kind of right. thing which i thought would have been a cooler way to take it and would have played into the camp and stuff a little bit more mm -hmm. but here i'm left thinking okay i've got a savannah here that that feels almost like a merged version of black adam and savannah because he has yeah you know he has powers that are sort of comparable to billy's that are powered by obviously in this case the sins rather than the, the gods but he had a lot of black adam's like motivations and that he felt that he deserved those powers that they were rightfully his kind of thing which is definitely a black adam motivation mm -hmm. yeah i don't uh, 
I don't know. You 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 know these guys way better than I do. I was fine with the villain. I I just like wasn't fine with the villain, but only because he was just such a fucking dial tone for most of the movie for me. Like yeah, I just yeah. like I don't know when he threw his brother out the window. I was like, that was pretty fucking yeah. awesome. I was I laughed pretty hard at that for some reason. I'm a sick fuck though, so like. I don't know. What do you just like toss it? I was like, fuck, that's awesome. I All was right, just clear. like, oh, why is Lionel Luther in this movie? Why is Lionel Luther yeah. in this movie? <laughs> well, there's that too. Like, why? Speaking of which, Tom Welling going to be on the final season of Arrow. Just throw that out there. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, I don't God, know as what, but <laughs> they already have a Superman. Yeah, I cannot look at, at John Glover without thinking Lionel Luther from Smallville now. Yeah, I, uh, every time I see him, I'm just like, yep, Lionel Luther. Yeah. I'm like, that's, uh, you know, because he's, he's a DC like alum, though. Like, he's been around for a long time. He played. Dr. Phosphorus in Batman and Robin because he's oh. the one who's responsible for Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin too. Oh yeah, yeah. Why I remember that yeah. I don't know, but like he's he's been around for a fucking long time. He's like I, somebody at Warner likes him. I yeah. think <laughs> like he just does that role real well. He's friends so. with some casting director at Warner Brothers or some shit. He must be because he's constantly in the DCU. Like regardless <laughs> of era, he just shows up. Yeah, like that's three eras, like three distinct eras of these movies being made. There's John Glover again, just shows up being all smarmy and awesome. Yeah, exactly. So they should have made him fucking Sylvan. I would have bought him as the villain probably more. <laughs> At least then, like when he started going, like if he, he would have got, because he goes super arch. Yeah. And like what a camped it up like crazy i mean he was in a schumacher movie for god's sakes <laughs> at least then he would have yeah. gone in for that's it what was so. missing for me for this villain particularly was like the, the everything else it was such high camp and high fun that the way that mark strong was playing it was so flat to me that i was just like i don't want to see him on my screen anymore i'm just like i was just kind of like <laughs> bored having him there like I don't know. It, I wanted to see more of the sins, really. Yeah. Like they had Andy Serkis doing all this mocap stuff, and like they barely show them, and like they hide them all. I didn't realize Andy Serkis did the mocap for those. Yeah, apparently Andy Serkis did the mocap for like all the sins, and like cool. they're barely in the movie. I'm like, that sucks. Like, what's the point of like the CGI was good for them too. Like, I thought most of them were designed pretty well. Huh. They looked like they were pretty comic accurate and stuff, nice. but like they barely use them. Yeah, I was like that's pretty disappointing to me. I did really like the moment where uh, Billy basically goads Envy into coming out yeah. of uh, of Savannah. That that was a good little gambit, and I thought that was one of those like few and far between moments where the writing really shone. And I was like, okay, yeah. if you could have fucking kept this up for the whole movie, I would have been here for it, but you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think, all right, we're obviously gravitating towards gripes now, so let's just go into it. What what did not, really did not work for you guys that we haven't talked about already? We didn't really dig into the child actors. I liked, I liked oh. Darla. I liked Mary. Yeah. See, to be fair, that one's, that's a tough one to call a child actor. That lady's like 24, uh, like, so in the, not a really a child yeah. actor anymore. Eugene, Pedro, were again, didn't have a lot to do, but they were fine in the time. But yeah. fucking Freddie. Holy, because <laughs> oh my! It wasn't God. even just that his character was annoying, but I found that the delivery of his dialogue was kind of muddled. Like he was speaking so quickly and wasn't enunciating yeah. his lines that I was losing a lot of what he said. So I'm like, not only are you annoying, but you're you're mumbling all the time. So it's just kind of like, yeah, just shut up, just fucking shut up. From like most of the movie, I just wanted him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. So that was like my biggest gripe of the movie was that like a, a lot of the movie depended on the chemistry between Billy and Freddie, and I did, really didn't care about. I well, I cared about <laughs> Freddie and that I wanted him to just fucking shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> she's like, yeah, I I wasn't crazy about Freddy either. When you're rooting for the two bullies to beat up the the kid with the disability <laughs> because it finally gets him to stop talking, I was like, oh shit, oh, oh man. No. Yeah, there was definitely a point where like they were they were beating up on him, and I'm like, he kind of had this coming. Like I feel like shit for saying that, but like the kid's fucking annoying. He needs to get punched in the mouth. I think, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It was a nice moment though when uh, when Billy just fucking like drops their car that was though. Fun. That was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think the best part, like the best anti-bullying thing, was like him running away from them, like getting away from them at the beginning when he first ends up in the Rock of Eternity. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the most heroic thing he did in the whole movie because <laughs> he had no, like he knew he's invincible after that. Yeah. At that point, like he's gonna get his teeth kicked in, and he still went in and did. I'm like, well, oh, good. The, yeah. He actually that's has why some he's pure of heart, and that's what shows. Yeah, and probably one of the things that shows uh, Shazam that he's worthy of the powers. But do we want to talk about the wizard? Fuck no, yes. I don't. Jamon Hansu is fucking phoning that shit in so hard. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so fucking bad. It was so that painful was... to watch. Oh, it was real bad. It was real <laughs> rough. I was like, why are we doing? Why are we doing this? Like, <sighs> this is gonna sound racist, but it felt like we're doing like African wise man, like Savannah Shaman kind of thing. And I'm like, this is not. This feels weird to me. Is that how it's supposed to be? This feels uh, fucked up. Shazam has been portrayed as a black man for a while now. I think in that new 52 okay. series he was. And and I've been okay with that. But yeah, it was just, it was not good casting in this particular situation. Or, or Jimon Huntsu just like was like, fuck, I got to get back to the other Captain Marvel set. Yeah, <laughs> there, yeah there's definitely that. Like, yeah, he's he's he on just for like two dead. days and was like, I got to knock these out. Give me the fucking lines. Yeah. Put, the, put the beard yeah. on me and I'll do it and I'll get out of here. I'm, I'm going to make way more money working for Marvel, prob- like for Disney probably. So like, let's just get this shit over with. Like, yeah. <laughs> It felt real camp. Like, bad camp. Over the top bad camp. Yeah, it felt yeah. like bad, like Schumacher. Not like. 66 batman camp which is fun which the rest of this movie was this is like schumacher camp and i'm like i'm not here for this this yeah. is bad <laughs> that outfit also his outfit was definitely like something you would have seen in a schumacher outfit it was like all this silky weird i'm like no none of that works for me that was, yeah that was so. rough and that's one of the things that needs to be done well for you to be able to buy into this concept fully mm-hmm. right and i feel like that actor could have pulled it off if they'd just been like all right let's take not to quote letter kenny but like let's take 20 to 25 percent off the top there bud squirrely dan squirrely dan yeah exactly <laughs> and like let's take this down a couple notches it's like the old stories of uh like star trek 2 where like nicholas meyer would just exhaust shatner until he gave him a really like calm even performance, a more measured as, opposed performance. A as opposed to the shatter it's almost like they needed to do that or like just wear him out until he actually just delivers the line naturalistically as opposed to like bombastic african shaman man yeah is going to put on a play for you or something like it was <laughs> intense so i don't know yeah like he was doing a one-man show and nobody else was kind of thing well so. especially getting that for anybody that's been watching the season of american gods you're getting that really cool like more genuine and and interesting african god thing from there yeah. whereas here yeah. it's just like a fucking shtick yeah yeah so, so I mean, that was that was a problem for me i was like well this feels like sh-. yeah shtick's actually a good word for it because if i was like this feels like shtick yeah where this should not be shtick if yeah. you're gonna do this so like yeah in this season of american gods like mr nancy has like slipped into his like african rather than his 
you know, sort of like slick yeah. pimp kind of accent a couple times. And it just, it's just puts the fear, fear of God, quote unquote, into you yeah. literally when he does it. Cause you're like, Oh shit, shit's getting serious. I got to get back into that. I watched the first two episodes of the new season. I haven't had a chance to like really get into <laughs> it. Yeah. Yet. That's a binge show for me. It's usually, it's pretty dense. So yeah, it is. I'll get back to it eventually. I think that they really missed an opportunity by setting Shazam in Philadelphia rather than in Fawcett City, quote unquote, which is where these characters usually inhabit in the in the comics uh, or even in the cartoons and stuff like that. Like Fawcett City, for any of our listeners that haven't read much Shazam Captain Marvel, is this really like sort of frozen in time, like mid-century art deco-y kind of city. And it plays off of those the, the campy elements of the, of this character set really well. And I think having that in the same world as like having a really stylized, like dark Gotham kind of thing in the mm-hmm. DCEU would have been a nice interplay off each other. Like that's one of the things I'd like one of the things I think that DC has over Marvel is that their cities are more characterized. Like Marvel cities are usually like here. Most of these characters are in New York or like in. I was going to say cities plural is kind of a funny thing to say when it comes to Marvel because we are all New York or uh, now there's more San Francisco. Yeah. um, Like with the X-Men occasionally and like the West Coast Avengers and Tony kind of being set up Mm -hmm. on the West Coast more often than not in the comics. But like, yeah, I'll agree that like doing something like Fawcett. I'm curious as to why they didn't do that because so far they've leaned very heavily into just having the characters and like the cities be wherever they just kind of happen to be like yeah, Metropolis, Gotham's yeah. like Batman's in Gotham. And then like, but the shows do the same thing, right? Like where arrows in star, star city, city and, and yeah. flashes in central, central city. city. Like it's supposed to be like all the, like everything's in where it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's just this one movie where we're like, no, 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 no. We're going to do Marvel stuff for this one in Philly. I was like, that's pretty strange. Can we have a child abandonment after school special style plot line in a city that looks like the golden age of everything? You know, like that's one of the things was that (laughs) Billy Batson's child abandonment story needed like that level of realism. Because in a city like Fawcett City, where it's just like this art deco thing, it would have been such a weird contrast to have him... Yeah. So if they're going to have that backstory, they can't have that kind of like super idealistic 50s setting because it's all oh, they could. He, but he was do like he gets, yeah, he was still an orphan in the yeah, yeah. an orphan, not like an, an, an abandoned child or whatever in the comics. But yeah, I see your point. Yeah, because I was going to ask, like, he wasn't abandoned in the comics, right? Like his parents are dead, I th- right? I think so. Yeah. I, yeah. Because that, that one I was unclear on because that made that was part of my problem with the first half of the movie where I just wanted to punch the fucking kid and be like, she clearly walked away. So like, yeah, I know you're a kid and you haven't gotten over that yet, but you're 14 years old. Your mom walked away from you. Yeah. It sucks. Like it really sucks kid, but like grow the fuck up and stop being an idiot or you're going to end up in jail. Yeah. And I, I like that they had that one social worker kind of say that to him. She probably should have been a little bit more forceful. Like next time this happens, you're going to jail. She didn't actually say that to him, yeah. but yeah, she probably should have. Um, yeah. So, I know that that, that kind of got to me. I was like, all right, fuck. I like, yeah. I feel like you could do. <sighs> Can't accept your emotional truth. That's annoying. Because <laughs> if you've got, you have like Batman as like the gothic orphan, like a Victorian style, like tragic orphan. You can have Billy Batson be like the kind of 50s orphan in like a serial novel, like Hardy Boys or something like that, like where it's not so serious that he's just a plucky kid kind of thing 
but then you would if you have the backstory of him getting abandoned i don't yeah it's just it's a weird i like they could have just not done that but yeah it was also a weird role. yeah i don't know why they did that i don't know no, i didn't like i understand because it makes the character more sympathetic and also at that point you're introducing your like fifth fucking superhero who's a an orphan because god damn there's a lot of orphans in on, on both sides of the aisle like it's not like an uncommon trope mm-hmm. that they use so like i can see wanting to do something a little bit different but whew, it's kind of a weird like tack to take in a family movie you know what i mean like it's real dark yeah, yeah. To be like, hey, this lady like abandoned her kid, yeah. and he's obsessed now, and we're gonna really fucking deal with that for like an hour of this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> but but five seconds later, he's gonna be Zachary Levy doing just goofy fucking superhero nonsense. So it's kind of a weird mood whiplashy kind of effect yeah. too. So I, I agree. I think that was one of the main reasons that the second act had a lot of drag for me was because they just yeah. hung around that way too long, and also the whole billy being irresponsible with his powers like both of those took way too long to get through and i was just yeah. like all right i get the fucking point move on move on move on and then they wouldn't and then yeah like the him running away stuff too like the like i'm i'm a i can take care of myself 14 year old kid thing i'm like all right we've done man i've seen this a lot yeah mm-hmm. yeah let's move past it real quick but they did not yeah and then i just there were there were some just fucking jank in the effects and stuff like that particularly some of the flight effects i was just like this is this feels like fucking like 70s superman kind of thing or even more so i kept feeling like i feel like this is neo and agent smith like flying around in those later uh matrix movies where they're oh, where see, they're I fucking rendered that. pretty low res yeah I didn't even get that. I got uh, I got more like Supergirl, yeah, CW yeah. action. So, and the thing is, like, some of it was like that and looked like shit. And then sometimes they were doing the flying stuff, and like there was little bits of it that I thought was really, like, there was little touches to it that were really good. Like, there's a bit where, like, at the end of the movie, where Savannah's holding Billy under the water mm. and he's not letting him say Shazam. When he finally does say Shazam, there's an explosion and Savannah kind of gets tossed away, and they slow mo it where he adapts and starts to fly as he's going I'm like, Oh, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Cause he kind of like uses his powers really well, but for the most part, they don't do that kind of stuff, but just little bits where I was like, Oh, somebody thought about that shot. Yeah. Cause instead of having him just get blown away and then hit and then get up and kind of fly away, he's like so good at it that he just kind of swoops into the flying at that point, yeah. like, turns his powers on as he's getting hit. I was like, that was cool. And I think this is a symptom of the times where now, you know, on any of these big budget movies, you've got, probably four or five different effects houses working on them kind of thing mm-hmm. and so you know you can tell the ones that are done by like the fucking top tier one and then you can tell the ones that were done by like the ones where it's like here we just need something that looks okay for this scene kind of thing mm-hmm. medium budget you get ilm to do your last bit and like the two shots from the earlier in the movie where they're going to be in the trailer yeah and then you get somebody else to fill in the rest of the stuff. That's yeah, that kind of makes unless you're Disney or like you're Marvel and you can afford to just have or Star Wars guys always working. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like always have those top tier guys working on your stuff. Yeah. You're not necessarily going to. I mean, that's the the this story of latter day pre reboot Star Trek movies is just effects houses coming in and out and it getting worse and worse as things kinda happen. So Yeah. Yeah. I only have one other gripe and it's in the mid credit scene. I really wish they would have just gotten Cavill for that scene where uh, Billy brings oh, yeah. brings Superman to school. Like, come on! If you're gonna try and you know show that these movies are connected, then that wasn't even the credit scene, Tim. That was like before. Oh, the that was the school. tag. Yeah, like the yeah, right, right, right. The post fun like After Effects credit scene is the 
Oh, talking to fish. No, no, that's the act. The post post. Oh yeah, scene. yeah. The mid credit yeah, scene the was the post, Mr. Mind. The mid credit scene was Mr. Mind. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But no, I agree. I would have been a lot nicer to actually see Cavill there. I'm glad they tied it in at least a little bit and actually had Superman show up. But I was like, he doesn't even have the same body type. That suit doesn't. Fit him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> yeah. Like the guy's clearly ripped, but like that, but that suit's made for Cavill, and Cavill's <laughs> like a fucking tank yeah like, you could see it wasn't fitting the guy properly but so. the muscle cool. suits and the the padding and stuff like that like i didn't oh the, the, i mean <laughs> that was it, weird it, this it, movie it was times. a little weird i mean for me like it kind of reminds me of like what dry queens do like they pad to build proportions and like that's not that's fine like yeah it's, superhero movies are basically like fucking comic book drag so it's fine by me but like yeah <laughs> especially this in particular where it's just such a huge transformation from fucking child to the a uh, god adonis like yeah. that, that were it, uh, at the end of the movie like sure but it was a little bit like especially adam brody as i guess freddie shazam or freddie marvel freddie freeze yeah, yeah as his magical counterpart was like that's not adam brody don't, you don't look like that because <laughs> he's like a He's a skinny dude. <laughs> he's he's a wiry, spindly little yeah. dude. Yeah. Well, even Zachary Levy's not like a huge guy. Like I know he got pretty yeah. shredded for this role. But they were they really put a bunch of padding on him. Oh too, yeah. Which look, you could tell he could he was moving awkwardly because of it. Which yeah, that's really unfortunate when they get yeah. to that point. Like that you're yeah, you're, they're padding yeah. you down to the point. That so. I was okay with because I mean Shazam has always been that kind of like big barrel chested kind of guy, and if you're not going to get mm-hmm. somebody that has that body type and how many people actually do then you're gonna have to have some fucking padding in the suit so i was okay i could overlook that at least it's gonna be interesting seeing him stand next to Dwayne when they if they ever get to that point yeah because he's gonna be in a padded suit and (laughs) like probably gonna be six six inches shorter or something like that probably i don't know well zachary levy's not like that short like he's six two or six three Dwayne's only six five like he's not Okay. Like, he's tall, but he's not like a fucking like he's not seven feet tall or anything insane. Not Andre like, the half ish. Yeah. 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 So like he's he's a big guy, but he's yeah. not like crazy big. But like, yeah, it's gonna look real funny when like this Zachary Levy Shazam character walks up to Black Adam and it's like Zachary Levy in pads. Yeah. And like being goofy and like the rock, like <laughs> all six foot five, like steroid jack monster that he is now like it's gonna be pretty funny to see and he is now uh one of the only actors to have uh portrayed somebody in both the marvel and dc cinematic universes that's true yeah he, played, he was uh, uh fandral in the fandral, in the yeah. thor movies one of one of the warriors three he's the replacement too right like he was the he guy only, yeah who... he played it in uh in two and three yeah that's right because yeah. so he replaced somebody who was in one and then he he's the one who dies though in three, so he died in Ragnarok. Yep, he uh, okay. yep. Indeed, Hella wrecked him in Ragnarok. Yep. I don't know. Do you guys have any other uh, gripes or any, or if not, closing thoughts about the movie? I'm trying to think of anything else. If there's anything else we should talk about in this movie, I like that they did finally kind of like it's it's funny because they're going away from a shared universe. And now this movie's so explicitly set in a shared yeah. universe. It's like here's this batarang. Like, clearly, and- Batman is <laughs> Superman. Yeah, like here's this batarang, and the kid's a huge Superman fan, and there's fucking Batman action yeah. figures which you can go buy at Walmart because they're basically just our Batman action. Figures. That was but, fun when he when he throws awesome. the figure at him and says, "I'm, ba- I'm Batman. Batman." Get him! I was like, "That's <laughs> fucking great." <laughs> I was losing. And like I know they they kind of teased like they showed that in the trailer, but I still yeah. laughed because he kind of does. He says something different in the movie. He's just like, "Batman, get him!" I was like, "Fuck, that's good." So yeah, like that that kind of stuff was fun. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, it, Freddie was wearing a Wonder Woman t-shirt a lot through the movie, which I was super happy about too. 
I liked in the credit sequence where like he he takes Wonder Woman to prom, like he steals the Batmobile and then takes Wonder Woman to prom. I'm like, yep, if I was a kid, that would be my fantasy too. Like now I'm a superhero. Oh, yeah, the okay. in the drawings, the drawing, yeah. yeah. What yeah. can I do? I'm like, well, I'm gonna go steal the Batmobile from <laughs> yeah. Pouty Batman and go date Gal Gadot because why the fuck wouldn't yeah. I? I mean, I know this is a kids movie and stuff, but like when you're a kid, you're like 14, 15 years old, and you say a magic word, and your body turns into like a full grown man, and like, like yeah, and then but then you've got an entire family of kids who are not actually related who then turn into these super buff fucking hot adults <laughs> yeah I, my mind didn't go there but it went there but yeah. <laughs> paul is proposing a marvel family orgy is what's happening right now rule 34 is, is the case i just want my props that it wasn't yeah. me who brought this up this time because like i was thinking it and it's usually me who brings this shit up but paul brought it yeah. up this time which just goes to prove that we're brothers. <laughs> the only reason I brought it up is because the when they transformed and it was fucking Ross Butler from Riverdale slash Thirteen Reasons Why I have a huge crush on that guy and uh, DJ Catrona who is playing the the adult Pedro. I was like, damn. <laughs> See, that's funny because like I I had the opposite reaction because the girl who played Mary I thought is super yeah. super cute, and then when they flipped her, I'm like, oh, I don't like the girl who played her as like captain marvel or like the captain marvel version of her i was like no it doesn't really work for me what too old for you mark yeah a little bit (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was it that was it exactly yeah i don't i just like i was like huh that girl's really pretty and then like they flipped to the other one i'm like now especially then because they don't have you don't have that character you haven't spent like two hours kind of like getting to know them and they don't do anything with her as captain marvel at all or like in her captain marvel form whereas at least with with darla you kind of get that the beats where she's still like the kid in the body kind of thing yeah even though she's running around as megan good so yeah (laughs) mary marvel is a more significant character than any of the others as far as i like yeah history wise yeah like her marvel's a big her and freddy yeah yeah freddy's the yeah those are the main three right like it's like captain marvel yeah yeah yeah, freddy and mary the one thing i did really like the dog yeah, uh, that well, that's the one thing that I thought was interesting was when they were going around through the different um, worlds and stuff, and they opened the door that has the animals, like the mm-hmm. anthropomorphized animals sitting at the table. That's another like weird fucking Shazam comics beat where there's like this character called Taki Tani, who's a anthropomorphized tiger. Oh yeah, that is like a friend of theirs and stuff like that, and so and they they end up in a whole world full of anthropomorphized animals and there's like fucking alligators and shit like that and so that was an interesting little like easter egg in there and i wonder if that's something that they would that would be a really tough one to translate into live action though it's interesting like thinking about how they introduce all this magic to this universe compared to like how marvel did it kind of slowly over the course of like thor kind of introducing some of the elements and then like having dr strange really like yeah but like then having dr strange really like drop the bomb in terms of like real magic later on kind of thing whereas this is like Hey guys, guess what? All that superhero stuff's happening, but also fucking demons and magic shit. Also, get yeah. used to it. Like we're just having this happen. This is just happening now, guys. We're, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool, actually, as opposed to like, because yeah, you could kind of like lean into that Marvel style where you build it up over a bunch of time and like eventually introduce like that character to kind of be like, this is the the, the magic guy because they spend a lot of time hyping Doctor Strange is like we're getting into the magic side of things. Like remember the pre. Yeah. Press was always like ah magic, but even then um, they were still kind of like this magic is derived from like a like an ancient technology or like it's not still strange. It's stuff, still really. not quite. 
Like, well, I guess because they're still... using the stone, like they're using the fucking infinity stone as kind of the centerpiece for their magic. Yeah. It's still an- ancient weird tech, but like anyway. But there's all those all those magic books and stuff, and yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just thought it was interesting where like like the way Marvel and DC both kind of handled introducing magic into their superhero worlds, which tend to usually be more like sci-fi worlds. Like when you start them, they tend to be sci-fi worlds because usually you're introducing like in Marvel, you introduce Iron Man first, which is a sci-fi character. And then on the DC side, you're introducing an alien, which is like Superman, right? So you're always on that mm-hmm. sci-fi side and then eventually have to go and be like Constantine's around and like Captain Marvel's here and like Doctor mm-hmm. Strange and all that kind of stuff. You have to eventually get into the the magic stuff. So I thought it, I thought it was neat that like that how they handled it compared to how Marvel did. Yeah. yeah. So all right. Are you guys ready to do some final thoughts and maybe like a rating out of ten for Captain Marvel? Sure. Yeah. All right. Paul, let's go to you first. I think that this movie was a success for what it was supposed set out to be, which was a family film that was supposed to be fun and skewed to a younger age bracket and was trying to inject some more family fun and maybe help course correct the DCEU even further. If they're going to continue with standalones and still have the occasional team up, then this can be like the really, really lighter side of the DC movies. That being said, it like it has a lot of cracks in the foundation. There's like there's a, a lot of things in it that just didn't quite work and I can't recommend this movie to everyone the same way that I can recommend even like a run-of-the-mill Marvel movie to people like I'm more reticent to do that so I give this movie like a 6 out of 10 maybe a 5.5 even and I would say like this is for really big comic book geeks and children and if you're just like a kind of fair weather Marvel fan this probably is not the movie for you. Still doing real well in the box office, though, which, fine, I, I like all power to him. That's great. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, as a hardcore comic book fan, I was not crazy about this either. I'm probably going to give it, like, even being a fucking dyed-in-the-wool DC guy, I'm probably, I can, I kept going between, like, six or seven. So I'm going to say, like, six and a half out of ten. Yeah, just didn't it was just again i just found it really inconsistent i had some moments in it where i was like this is fucking great and then i five minutes later i'd be like can we get back to that part that i just loved like because you're just taking me on a roller coaster here of good bad good bad in between boring like way too long of a climb to get to this next section kind of thing and so yeah I am looking forward to the sequels because I think there is some really cool stuff that they can do with these characters. This might have been just one of those ones where it's a difficult character to introduce in a really good way. But once you've actually got them there, you can do some cool shit with them. Like Mr. Mind, there's been some fucking crazy, insane Mr. Mind stories over the years. Awesome Black Adam stories over the years. If they can capture those in movie form, I will definitely be back in the theater for that. So. Mark? Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. Like, I might, for a number rating, I would probably just go seven, just flat seven. Okay. Like, I had fun with it. Uh, I wasn't expecting a ton. I think that is probably the big thing to note about my review of this movie is that, like, I went in expecting nothing <laughs> and actually got something out of it, which is kind of a nice thing. I guess that's going to be my, uh, eventually, DC is going to actually have to make a good movie because I'm going to go in expecting it to be at least a good movie. Um, but <laughs> they're still in that, in that period where I'm like, hey, man, I was entertained. So, like, compared to batman v superman good fucking times like, <laughs> good fucking times so 
that works out really nice. I would, yeah, like I, I really wish they could have got into the Black Adam stuff. I, I mean, obviously, I would like to have seen Dwayne finally fucking play the role. I'm hopefully we'll get to see that eventually. But overall, like I had fun with it. Just like, can we just get to Endgame? (laughs) (laughs) Two weeks. I know I'm dying. Less than two weeks now. Yeah, I will say I'm with Mark. I went in with very low expectations, and my meager expectations were exceeded. Yeah. So kudos for that, I guess. Yeah. I went in expecting nothing, and I came out being like, oh, I liked the actresses who played the sisters, and Zachary Levy was way better than I was anticipating him being, and I didn't hate the main kid. So you know what? You guys did a decent job. Also, the mom was kind of hot. She looked like Angelina (laughs) Jolie. I liked it. She's pretty. That's it. I got nothing else on this movie. Like I had a good time with it. I can't. I don't know. Even I, I feel like even spending an hour that we've spent discussing it is almost too much more yeah. than it deserves. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, then let's stop talking about it for now, and our listeners can fill us in. But before we get to that, let's get to our geek cred, which we don't have a stink for, where each of us puts our recommendation behind something that we have been enjoying lately. Something old, something new, something whatever. Paul, you go first. Sure. So I recently rewatched the film Howl's Moving Castle, which was a Studio oh, Ghibli movie. Beautiful. But nice. beautiful film. But I also, uh, when I was at a used bookstore here in, in Seoul, they have usually small English sections. And I found the novel version by Diana Wynne-Jones, who's a has a long history in the fantasy genre. I found a copy of the original novel of Howl's Moving Castle, which I had never read. And I finally did. It's a pretty short like young adult kind of children's novel, but it was really, really good. It was a quick read, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, I highly recommend the original novel of Howl's Moving Castle. And then just watch the movie again too, because it's that one. It's amazing. So yeah. Cool. Mark, how about you? Well I like I like I said earlier in the episode, I've been in exile in uh St. Catharines this week. So I've been kind of backlogging some stuff. I've been meaning to play Hollow Knight on the Switch. Finally have sat down and started playing Hollow Knight. I highly recommend if you are a Metroidvania person that you go and grab Hollow Knight and start playing it. Cause if you haven't already, uh, it was obviously, it was pretty hype when it came out like 2017, 2018, but mm-hmm. so far uh, I'm about five to 10 hours in and I'm really enjoying myself. It's hard as fuck, but it's good. So, and it looks great. Like looks amazing. So Hollow Knight cool. would be my recommendation for this week. All right. My key cred this week is going to the long running Big Gas Between Seasons TV show Curb Your Enthusiasm got into the most recent season, which has been out for like a year now or something like that. Yeah. But that fucking show is I mean, it's cringe humor. If you can't do cringe humor, don't fucking watch it. But it is like one of the best cringe humor shows like Larry David is just or at least the version of Larry David on the show is just a terrible terrible person and it's so much fun to watch him get into the most awkward of social situations entirely his own fault that's that's awesome yeah i actually did uh the first two episodes of veep while i was sitting here this week because they're they're on crave or whatever uh that show is still awesome and like they came out swinging with their last season like there was some like really vicious shit in the first two yeah. episodes. So I know you haven't watched it yet, but you gotta you gotta watch Veep at some point. Once once I can detach myself from American politics, either because yeah. there's somebody competent in the White House or because I've moved out of the US, then I think yeah. I'll go back and watch Veep. Yeah, it's gonna be weird going back as like a watching it cleanser. for the first time. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll definitely be weird watching it for the first time, given what has happened in the last little while. Yeah. But like having watched it originally, it was kind of like 
just the new season. I watched the first two episodes and I was like, oh, good. They're back and just as vicious and fucking awful to each other as ever. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah, because I know I've heard like, because a lot of actors like go on like Colbert and Daily Show and stuff like yeah. that. And they keep saying like, yeah, we keep like writing this shit, you know, and then it actually happens. And then we're like, well, fuck now. What do we do? Yeah, <laughs> or like they throw out an idea and they're like yeah we can't put that on the show it's too outlandish too and then yeah, like then something happens. very similar actually happens like fuck i guess they had a hard time getting this season written because of that yeah. like for veep this year so like that's why it took so long to kind of get out between that and julia louis dreyfus's uh cancer boat and stuff like that yeah like it, this year was kind of a touch and go for a little while even if they were going to be able to do a season or not so yeah so. But thankfully, they're on the air, and it's it's it was fucked. Like the first two episodes were hysterically funny. So HBO's got some winning stuff going on. I think right now, I think they're going to be. Uh, I think they might have a, a ratings juggernaut kind of coming back today. So maybe good times. Maybe good times. Wiener wiener party wiener. Party. Yep. <laughs> One uh, wiener <laughs> next to another wiener. Floppy wiener. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well listeners, we uh, well the only time Mark sings on the podcast is the Wiener song. His Wiener party. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, if you enjoyed Mark singing, or if you uh, had anything to say about this episode, whether it's about the Star Wars trailer or Shazam or any of the other stuff that we talked about, you can do so on our social media. We are most active on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash dance podcast. You can get this on Twitter at DRE underscore podcast. You can email us at danceforvodancepodcast at gmail.com. If you're not already, you can subscribe to our podcast on basically any podcatching app, be it Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, I think that's about it. So thank you for listening. Say say goodbye, Mark. Good night, guys. It's not good night. Good morning. No, I know it's good morning. I'm fucked up. I'm tired. <laughs> I need to go back to bed. But now Mark can, or now Paul can actually say good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Woo, there it is. <laughs> and I will just say that we will see you next time. Say my name, Billy. <laughs> no, the other name. <laughs> I laughed at that bit. I will admit that bit got me. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was good. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.